Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I really appreciate that you take the time to listen. Today is the last of my Ragbri Spectacular episodes for this year. It is pretty cool. I met this guy, Daniel Hurd, or Lieutenant Dan, in downtown Pocahontas. And at first I thought he was some kind of weirdo, but when I took a second to see what he was all about, and then took a second to talk with him, I found out he's an awesome guy with an incredible story of survival. Survival in so many ways, and now for so many others. The dude has nine lives. We talk about his three failed suicide attempts, pretty heavy stuff, and thankfully they were unsuccessful. But many people's attempts are not. And I just wanna say that if you know someone that might need help, if you need help, if hope has faded in the distance, Dan is an incredible example that no matter how distant and faded hope may seem, it's still there. Dan has started an organization to help all of us, whether we know someone who needs help or if we need it ourselves. The One Pedal at a Time Movement or opaatmovement.com. Click it for help. Or hey, you can just dial 911 today for the crisis hotline. It's easy. And again, if hope seems lost, just look at the smile on Lieutenant Dan's face and see that hope and purpose can be found again. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to Daniel Hurd or Lieutenant Dan. Hey, I am with Daniel Hurd, Lieutenant Dan, whom I met on RAGBRAI. And Dan, I'm super excited to tell the story about RAGBRAI, not just how we met, but when I first saw you. And it's probably not different than when a lot of people first saw you. But anyway, welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm super excited that uh, we're able to find time and connect. Uh, Where are you coming from? Denver, did I understand? Yeah, that's actually exactly where I am. I'm uh, just north of Denver. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an honor to be able to talk to you, Dave. And uh, um, I think the way we met was definitely seen by probably thousands of people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I just want to paint the picture. And I'm going to paint it because you're biased. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I'm, I'm riding along. We didn't meet then. But... I go by and this dude like, like stands up on his bike and I kind of glanced, I was going by, I was chasing my wife and, uh, I didn't like stop and gawk or anything, but I'm like, I I think that dude was standing up on his bike and I look back and you're like, your foot is on a handlebar and your other foot is on the top tube. And I'm like, that dude is surfing and turns out that's what you're doing. Tell me about surfing. What are you doing? You're crazy. I actually, for the next hour, kept my ears open for the sound of an ambulance coming to pick you up off the concrete because I was certain that it would not end well. You're literally standing up on top of your bike, surfing it. Yes, no hands. Where did that come from? Tell me about that. First thing, Dave, I'm glad you're still chasing your wife. Uh, that's awesome things to be continuing to do. Oh, she's fast, man. She's fast. I'm going to get an e-bike next year. 
to keep up. No lie. Yes. The surfing thing. Uh, what day did you see me? Do you remember what day it was? It was early. I, I want to like say Sunday. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Sunday or Monday, I think. Um, well, I know I ran into you in Pocahontas, whatever night that was. That might have been Monday that was night. Monday, maybe. Night or, and uh, yeah. I had seen you surfing before that. So it was one of the first two days. Okay. Well, uh, that surfing thing, I had just learned how to do it a couple weeks before that. Um, and really? I told, yeah. It was, it, it was technically brand new to me, but I already had really good balance. Um, and once I figured out how to do it, which we'll talk about in a second, <laughs> uh, once we figured that, once I figured that out, I, I was unstoppable, but something that I told myself when I got invited to do Ragbri was I wanted to surf my bike at least once a day. And in my mind, it was probably going to be in the morning because by the end of the day, my legs would be tired. Um, even though I just recently got done doing a huge adventure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you did. You should be in good shape. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah. you do have some miles in your legs. Oh, yeah. Lots of miles. Uh, more than most people. And I've only been riding since the middle of 2017. Yeah, so five years-ish. Literally five years and one month today. Oh, wow. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the two-wheeled world. I'm trying to work on the one wheel now. So tell me about surfing. How? Oh, dude, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like with your surfing, <laughs> I just bought a wheelie bike yesterday. So I'm, uh, huh, that's... I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to use that. I literally bought it yesterday. But the surfing thing. Um, so there's a guy here in Denver. I go to a, uh, a ride every Wednesday and Thursday, and. Uh, it's the Wednesday night cruiser ride and the Thursday night Denver cruiser ride. Uh, awesome rides as long as you're okay with riding in large groups. Uh, if you do ragbri, this is nothing. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's yeah. a good time most of the time. Um, but I was riding in there and I saw this guy standing on his bicycle surfing it. And I just saw that and I was like, I want to do that. And uh, so I go up to him one day and I'm like, hey, man, you got any pointers on how to do that surfing thing? He's like, man, you're just going to get on your bike. If you got a good balance, it's easier. Put your foot on here, put your foot here, and then just stand up and do it. And I said, okay, all right, I can do that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so for that was on a, a Thursday night. The following Wednesday, I, I had tried a few times, but man, if anybody's ever tried something new, it's hard to let go. And I would have my foot on the right spot. I had my both my feet in the right spot, but I just couldn't let go of the handlebars with my hands. I couldn't stand up. <laughs> so the following Dan? week, I, yes. Hey, Dan. Yeah. I believe you. I would not be able to let go either. 
In fact, I'm sure most of our listening audience would not let go either. So we're all right there with you, all of us. Yeah, I, do not let go. It was it's it's literally a step, but you know I uh, uh, I see this guy. His name's Alex. I'm like, yo, Alex. I've been practicing. I've tried seven times, and I just I can't figure out how do you just how do you get up? And he goes, listen, man. You just gotta stand up. I said, "What?" He's like, "Literally, just let go and stand up." And it just—he made it sound so easy. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do it right now." And I turned, I got on my bike, I did a little loop, and I go and I'm getting ready, and I—I'm in my position, and I'm just like, "I'm gonna stand up," and I literally just let go of the handlebars and stood up, and I did it. I did it. It was just that it was so wow simple, but like complex at the same time. Um, and then it's I love that because it's such a metaphor for so many things. Like it's so simple, but we can't let go. Yeah, you know, really we just like you get to a certain point and you you can't let go. You can't you can't push go. You can't you can't make the decision. You can't click the the button that says buy or commit or do or you yeah, know what I mean? And I do. And the thing just, is you just let go. Exactly. But the thing is, is he gave me that same advice on day one. He said, Man, all you gotta do is get your balance, let go and stand up. And I said, Okay. And for whatever reason I just heard what I wanted to hear. And then the second time he said the same thing, man, you just got to stand up, just let go. You just got to do it. Don't even think about it. And, uh, and that's it's, really, it's nothing... hard to do. It's scary. Oh, it's so scary. But once you do it, once you get that comfortability, it's awesome. So I learned about two weeks before rag ride to actually do it. I practiced for a week before that. So like three weeks before rag ride happened, I had already done it about 200 times before I even went to Ragbrai. Oh, I got wow. To the point, I got to the point where I could carve. I could take turns. Um, I could do it almost Jeez. to a stall. So I could do about one to two miles per hour before I had to step down. Um, before I even went to Ragbrai so that I, uh, I knew there was going to be a lot of riders. It was my, Ragbrai was my first at time at that event. Uh, first of many future ones, but um, it was <laughs> sweet. Uh, it was something I wanted to make sure I was comfortable with doing if I was gonna try to do it around people. Um, and thankfully, I ride in a social group which has anywhere between a thousand and two thousand bikes on a good Thursday night. And uh, wow! So I had a little bit of practice around people before I before I did it in in that yeah. big event. Uh, but yeah, I only planned on doing it like a dozen times at Ragbri. Um, day one, I think I did it at least a dozen times. Day zero, actually. I'm not sure. Even day, one. day zero. <laughs> yeah, just uh, riding around town and where were we? Sergeant Bluff? Sergeant Bluff, yeah. I was just riding around town and uh, I knew some people there that had seen me do it on social media. And uh, so I had did it in front of them, and then other people were like, "You just, I just saw you do that. You might have you do it again, and I can film you." And then that's kind of how it happened throughout the whole week. Um, 
Uh, as you know, I every have. time I saw you on the road, you were standing up on your bike. <laughs> every time. I did it almost 400 times during Ragbri. Oh, that's, that's like, crazy. When you think about wonder how it, many miles you'd... When you think about it, um, 400, I did about 470 miles for Ragbri within town, I think. And um, so, and I, so I almost did it just shy of one every mile. That's crazy. And, and my longest surf was on the last day when we were coming down the uh, into the river uh, area, and there was like that really long downhill. Um, uh huh. Into Lansing. And I think it was into actually into the first town before Lansing. But it was like a mile and a half downhill. Uh, I surfed that whole thing. So my longest surf is a mile and a half. In one day. Jeez. Uh, and before that one, it was only three quarters of a mile. So I doubled it in one surf. Oh, that's crazy. Well, even the fact that you say three quarters of a mile is amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for like sure. you were just up there, like you would just stand up and like cruise. It was amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing thing to see. Uh, by the end of it, it was well. On top of it, I had all my signs on my bicycle, so even if I wasn't standing on my bicycle, I stood out. Uh, I had a amazing you do yes on the front. I have suicide awareness signs on the sides, um, and on top of that, I was riding with no hands. I was dancing to music a lot if I wasn't standing on my bike. And I was passing out bracelets and stickers while we were riding. <laughs> yeah, so, that's awesome. I love that. I, so I well, actually, you you uh, on top of the surfing, I rode 190 miles of the 470 with no hands. Oh wow! How did you keep track of that? Uh, I I keep everything on my Garmin, and I just kept track of when I put my hands on the handlebars. Oh wow! Yeah. 190 miles, no hands out of 470. Yeah, so on the day that we did the that's a that's like it's a lot. The the hundred miles six or whatever. The hundred hundred plus mile day, I did 64 miles with no hands. Oh my! Yeah, it was a long long no hands. Wow! Day. But I, I passed out about oh, a that's thousand, uh... I think I passed out about a thousand bracelets that day, or close to it. Huh. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Um, you were on a mission. That was pretty evident. I actually, I don't think we talked much on the road. I might have just said hi on Wednesday, Thursday or something if I saw you on the road. But uh, got to know you a little bit in Pocahontas. Got to know at least the beginning of your story. Um, like you said, you've got signs all over your bike. <laughs> I remember you riding through the crowd. You got signs all over your bike, and I was like, who's this dude? And, uh, um, again, my lovely bride, Dee, she, like, read your signs, and she's like, oh, my gosh, we got to find out what that dude's up to. And uh, so, uh, you know, that's when I went up and talked to you. You were passing out bracelets and stickers and your card, and and uh, I was like, wow, you've got an interest. And then you told me, about your your big ride, which I want to get to, but um, suicide prevention, suicide awareness is your mission. Absolutely. Um, do you uh, do you mind t- telling us why? 
What's your, oh, sure. you have a compelling story. For sure. I read a bit of it. Um, yeah, for everybody else that wants to hear like the full thing, because I try to have it all on there, you can check out ridewithdanusa.com. Um, and there's, there's a lot of stuff on there, but um, yeah, let's see. I, uh, I got introduced to cycling in 2017, July of 2017, um, after my third suicide attempt. I just got out of the hospital about a month, month and a half before that, and I was already planning uh, my fourth attempt. And um, Wow. Can I ask why you were so down? Why you really couldn't see a future? Well, uh, for the last one, it, so each one has its own reason. And I tell everybody, it's never for one reason. It's always kind of like an onion. Um, there's just multiple layers to it. Mm, sure. Um, for me, I've dealt with a lot of different issues between uh, childhood traumas, PTSD from childhood, PTSD from military service, um, financial struggles, uh, life struggles, just every day everybody deals with it type thing but uh my stuff just kind of got too big for me type thing and um and you just couldn't see a tomorrow i couldn't see a tomorrow for sure my last one was due to uh, a compile of all those things but a large part of it was financial struggle um i had lost pretty much my entire life savings and investment and um just went from having everything i ever wanted in my mind at the time to to pretty much living on the back of a friend's property and just trying to survive like in a tent slash camper so i wasn't doing wow i wasn't doing anything too great and i just couldn't see a way out of it and uh so i tried to take my life and um thankfully somebody noticed me and uh, pulled me out of my car uh, after I had passed out, but uh, oh, wow! And then I went into the hospital and went through the process, and immediately I was really upset about the whole situation. So even though I was going through the motions of saying I'm good, guys, like I want to get out of the hospital so I can get back up with my life, um, I was really upset that I actually survived, and um, I felt more of a failure than ever, and so it really motivated me at the time to actually like really go thorough and figure out a plan to to be successful which obviously i'm really glad i never got to that point but i was getting pretty close to it and a friend of mine uh, he he had tried for many years to get me on a bicycle um i, I love cycling now so for anybody that's listening that's maybe not a cyclist uh, or you know someone that's not a cyclist let them hear this part. I rode motorcycles. I raced motorcycles. I raced dirt bikes, whatever. If it had a motor, I rode it. If it had two wheels, I loved it. Except for bicycles, because in my mind, the only people that rode bicycles at that mindset that I had at that time were kids and people that couldn't afford cars or lost their licenses. <laughs> Which huh. isn't the case, obviously, but... I had that narrow-minded mindset. Well, <laughs> yeah, 20,000 kids, 
people who lost their license and people who can't afford a car are on Ragbri. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I didn't even That's know funny. what Ragbri was at the time. Never mind. Like, For sure. That people rode their bike across the country or any of that stuff. Um, but so my mindset was pretty much cycling was for peasants in, in layman's terms, you know, it wasn't the right mindset, but that's the way I saw it at the time. Uh, but this friend was like, Hey man, we're going for a bike ride after work. He didn't ask me at this point anymore. Um, he was just saying, Hey, we're, we're doing this. Huh? did he have a bike for you and everything? Yeah. He had spare bikes. He had tried for four or five years to get me on a bicycle. Wow. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'll meet you there on my bike. And I would ride my Harley. Oh, there you go. He'd be like, no, cheater. He would either get there. Yeah, he would either get there when I was leaving or I'd be riding home and I'd see him still pedaling to where we were going that day. Oh, wow. (laughs) But. uh, Well, he's persistent. So I love him. And, And he's actually. He's a huge part of uh, my mantra and my nonprofit meaning and name is because he actually is the one who told me it's one pedal at a time. And I'm going to get into that here in a second. So, yeah, he, uh, he got me on a bicycle. We went for a bike ride. It was amazing. Uh, I went for the wrong reasons. I thought, hey, if I go do this, maybe I'll find a place that somebody won't see me because I'm going slower and, uh, and, and pretty much it was an alternative motive for me to go, but he kept persistently making me go for rides when he went for rides. And, and then we did a bike ride of 166 miles for a weekend. And wow. it was, it wasn't supposed to be, it was kind of like, we're just going to do this. Uh, Friday night we decided we're going to ride. And then we got to a point where we're like, well, either we turn around and go home or we keep riding and we'll figure it out. And so we all decided to just keep riding. And before we knew it, we did like 80 miles that day. That's awesome. It was like my third or fourth bike ride. I still had jean shorts, no padded shorts. I was on a bike that was too small for me with no helmet or anything. And And 80 miles. And 80 miles in the dark. Everybody who's listening just shuddered in pain with <laughs> cutoffs <laughs> and 80 so miles. Bad. By the time I got to about 60 miles, I was hurting. And my buddies were like, five more miles, five more miles. Uh, at one point, I was pretty sure I fell asleep while I was riding. <laughs> uh, wow. But it was, it was pretty I, nice. I believe you. We ended up uh, at a a friend of a friend's at the time. He's a friend now, but we ended up in his driveway at four in the morning and all four of us slept in his driveway until he woke up. <laughs> like literally on the pavement, just slept on the wow. ground. Because we didn't have anything with us. Uh, we ended up hanging out Saturday, doing a couple miles to go to the beach. And then Sunday we rode back. Two of the guys that we went with was like, yeah, I'm not riding back. I'll find a ride. And the guy that got me on the bike was like, hey, man, every pedal out, it's a pedal back. And it was like, I'm not, I'm not giving up. And I was like, yo, dude, if you're not giving up, I won't give up. But you have to, but like, you have to realize I'm not a cyclist. I'm, I'm figuring this out. <laughs> and, right, um, right. 
Well, so we're riding home, you know, we're about 40 miles away and it was, it was intense. I was, I was going through a lot of things in my mind and ultimately what was going on was I was thinking about the miles that we had already done, which was like at that point, a little over 120. Um, and I'm thinking about the miles that we still had to do about the 40 something miles left. And I'm just, I'm just complaining to my buddy, Sean. I'm like, Sean, I can't, we can't do this. We've already done all this. And then he, he, he got to the point where he was sick of me and he stopped his bike and he turned around and he said, listen, man, it's one pedal at a time. It's left, right, left, right. And we're from Massachusetts. His every other word is a swear for him. So <laughs> it was even more intense. And um, honestly, the way he said it, it kind of got me to like, I got kind of like defensive and puckered up a little bit. And I was like, oh, this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to show him. And I literally did military cadence in my head. I didn't really talk to him the rest of the ride because I was just like so focused on wanting to stay in the moment and just pedal and do the cadence and, and just get home that I wasn't even thinking about home. I was just thinking about showing him I could do it now. <laughs> and, uh, before I knew it, we got home. By the way, I was over 245 pounds. I was like 250. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, my last suicide attempt, I was 268 pounds. 68? 268. Wow. Uh, I weigh like 160. Dude, you're blowing me away with, this sto- with your story. Like, I'm super <laughs> honored to be able to be talking to you today. Like, I'm thrilled you showed up on Ragbri. So many things had to go right for you, for you to show up on Ragbri and surf 400 times. And I'm so glad they did. Wait till we get to that. Even how I got invited to Ragbri is amazing. But, you know, so ultimately what happened was that one pedal at a time mantra that he told me stuck. And over the next couple weeks, I started realizing that I finally enjoyed the ride when I stopped worrying about what was in front of me and what I had already done, living in the past and the future. And I wasn't enjoying the moment, but as soon as I, as soon as he said that to me and got me all fired up, I lived in the moment and it was the best 40 miles I had out of that 188 miles or whatever it was. And, um, it was just 168, but it was, it was, it was intense. And, yeah, so for me, uh, that was the beginning of change right there. Um, going down the road a little bit, I was going to therapy. I was trying to get off the medication I was on because I don't like, personally, I don't like the pharmaceutical medications if I don't need them. Um, I understand they have importance for people and everything, but I try to avoid it if I, need, if I don't need to have it. Um, Can I yeah, ask, I like, like, were you on antidepressants? Were you getting help for, like, that yes. that was, was causing on, you to try suicide? Yeah, I was on uh, various different, I don't even remember half the names of them anymore, but I was on antidepressants and at various points antipsychotics as well. Um, huh. Wow. So I was I was pretty, pretty messed up at some points in my life, and I'm a, um, a recovering alcoholic and uh, addict as well, and and I tell everybody I'm Colorado or California sober now. So 
That's what I, that's what I am now. That's fair. Um, Oregon. Yeah, pretty much anywhere that's green friendly, I'm I'm definitely yeah, yeah. sober. <laughs> uh, fair enough. But yeah, it's uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Help me out. Um. Uh, one one pedal at a time taught you to live for the moment and that oh, yeah. was the change that I got it now so yeah so I started going to uh, I was going to therapy and my therapist was like hey I have no problem you get off meds but we need to figure out something that keeps you happy um, if you start feeling down and if that doesn't work then you need to go and get help to either uh, get back on meds or something so he was trying to set up like a, a precautionary like safety plan for me. And for mm-hmm. me, I was thinking about it over the next couple of weeks. And then, um, between me and him, we were like, man, it sounds like the people I served in the military with were really key factors in my life. And at that point of time, I hadn't seen anybody I served with for over seven years. And uh, Oh, wow. He was like, man, it sounds like you should visit some of your veteran friends. Um, <laughs> he did not meet on a bicycle I'll tell you that <laughs> two days later <laughs> my buddy Sean he's nine years old than me he's the one that got me on the bicycle he uh we're sitting there we're talking and he goes man when I was your age I wanted a bicycle across the country and we started talking about that and before I knew it light bulbs were going off in my head and I'm like man I'm gonna ride to the people I served with so the next week, I go to my therapist, and I say, hey, I'm going to go visit some of the people I served with. He goes, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to plan a trip to ride my bicycle around the country. He goes, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant. Yeah. well, because Get on an airplane and go visit one. Yeah, save some money and do this right. And instead of quitting your job that you just got, and you have no savings, and your last suicide attempt was just because of financial struggle <laughs> uh but i came up with a plan. right right so just quit your job and add some financial stress to your life would you yeah exactly so i i ended up actually doing planning the whole trip uh originally it wasn't to do the 48 states but uh that's what it grew into 35 states is what the pe- uh, the people i served in the military where they lived at the time at least in the continental u.s so I get to those thirty-five states. I had to so you looked at all the guys you wanted. You, you looked at all the guys you wanted to visit, and looked at where they lived. And you had to ride through thirty-five states in order to visit all those guys. Yeah, guys and gals. and that's kind of the yeah. guys and gals. That's that's the beginning of the the ride. Yeah, that was the start of it. Uh, and then I mapped out that to get to those thirty-five states, I had to do forty-two of them. So then I was like, well, oh. I want to go to every state except for certain. There was three that I wasn't interested in um, at the beginning of it. Do you have any guesses? Think about it. For um, a what's uh, that? So think about it for a second. I'll ask you again. Uh, so, okay. yeah, I, there's three states that I wasn't really interested in. So I'm mapping out where I want to go for like landmarks and stuff like that as well. And uh, start playing connect the dots and. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to do 45 states. People are like, oh, you have to do these last three states. I'm like, I don't want to do these states. Um, I've just had bad experiences in them. Or I have uh, uh, this hatred towards it for no reason. 
because I've never even been there at that point. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm probably. I'll get. Go ahead. What I want to say okay. Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida. No, no, no. Um, no, my way off. Uh, New Jersey, West Virginia, and Texas. Hmm. Uh, Texas was actually going to be one of my guesses, but uh, well, my son lives there, so I can't say Texas. Well, Texas, <laughs> and West Virginia is really pretty. Uh, hey, hilly, it's hilly. It would be hard to ride through, but it's a beautiful state physically. It's the only, it's the only state on my journey that I didn't sleep in. Seriously. Oh, did you just go across the tip? The I, finger I that sticks up? Pretty much. But I was going to go there and spend the night, but I got harassed and um, decided instead of going to jail, I was going to go back to Maryland. Oh, wow. So you just like essentially stuck a toe in West Virginia and turned around and went back to Maryland? I did 13 miles in the state. <clears throat> uh, I'd, I'd say that counts. Yeah, um, that counts. And that was only because I got ran off the road by a car. Huh. I, I called the police, uh, and then they showed up and pretty much harassed me. Huh, for annoying uh, drivers with your bicycling on their road? Essentially, uh, I had a so I, I did a lot of stealth camping at the time, and so I had a machete on my bicycle so I could clear my camping spot mm-hmm. and a police officer saw that and then drew his weapon on me and then his partner oh. drew his weapon on me and before i knew it they were uh saying hey you don't have a place to stay we can bring you to jail and we'll figure out on monday what to do with you oh i was like oh, or what if i go back to maryland is there anything holding me here they're like oh you're fine if you do that all right i'm gonna go to sheath gas station down the street here and i'm gonna turn around and go to maryland where i'm accepted Wow. That's a crazy story. It was pretty intense. Um, Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, beautiful state. Uh, Just not not my place for law enforcement. They weren't very welcoming to you. (laughs) But uh, let's see. So um, what else? Where were we going? You were uh, (laughs) how you're 48 state trip came to be so yeah that that kind of happened on the journey but the 48 states ended up you know enough people were just like saying if you're going to do that many you might as well do them all and so i initially said i was going to do at least 10 miles in each state uh to count it which i obviously uh met that criteria for west virginia but i do like to mention that it's only state that i didn't sleep in in the continental u.s um, is West Virginia? Is West Virginia? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, That's otherwise, it. I actually really enjoyed most of the states. Alabama was scary. Uh, it's not bicycle friendly or set up for bicycling. Um, but I own a nonprofit out of Alabama right now, so that's uh, that's interesting as well. I've spent a lot of time in Alabama. And uh, I've, I've learned how to uh, navigate the road so that I can ride my bicycle safe when I do visit there. So did you just say you own a nonprofit in Alabama? 
Yeah, it's actually quite interesting how that happened as well. Um, I was on my tour. So is this your ride for Ride with Dan? This is my nonprofit called the One Pedal at a Time Movement. Uh, so Ride okay, with Dan. Okay, cool. Okay, go into that. Uh, so the One Pedal at a Time Movement is the suicide prevention awareness. Uh, right now, our goal is to focus on helping um, educate community people, people that want to be part of helping others, um, on how to have those conversations. And right now, we're doing an online one called Start. And what it does is it gives people the starting skills on how to ask somebody if they're thinking about suicide and how to get them you know, started in the right direction to get help. And that's why it's called Start. Um, the the program is through an affiliate that we deal uh, that we work a lot with called Living Works. They've been around for a long time and and build these programs. Uh, they also have in person ones where you can be educated to be um, like an intervention person, which is a course that I took called Assist. Uh, and I've been very fortunate to to do about a hundred suicide interventions uh, since the beginning of my journey. Um, so wow. yeah, what ended up happening was I. I was riding my bicycle. Enough people kept saying, you should own a nonprofit. Uh, <laughs> there was three things that I said I would never do. Three things. Um, one of those being when I was on my bicycle. Uh, when I rode motorcycles, I said I would never ride a bicycle. Obviously, because I already told you why. But <laughs> yes, I said I would never ride a bicycle. I said, I have a business degree. I went to business school. When I went to this school, they... Uh, when we got to the chapter for nonprofits, they said, these are no fun. You don't make money. Uh, stay away from them. Next chapter. <laughs> so that's, that was my, that was my I, nonprofit I, education. My, I literally have a degree in nonprofit management. <laughs> and do I'm pretty really? good at nonprofit. Yeah, I really well, do. <laughs> I, well, we'll have to talk about that more on the off air because I need that help. Yeah, yeah. But... They, uh, they did not teach me any of that stuff because uh, business management is like the opposite of what Correct. nonprofit It is for profit, yes. <laughs> and uh, so they literally said that to me and skipped that chapter. And um, so I was like, well, I'll never own a nonprofit. And I told That's myself really I would funny. never be a public speaker. I, oh. Even during college, we had to do speeches for our presentations. And I was so bad at it. I'm not great still, but I'm not bad like I used to be. Uh, it, it was it was pretty. My first speech was Mobile, Alabama. We'll talk about that. But uh, all right. So I, anyways, I'm going through the country. I get to Mobile, Alabama. I meet this family. I end up staying with. I asked them to stay two days. I end up spending five weeks at their house. Oh wow! <laughs> during my journey, uh, during those five weeks, I did a bunch of construction on their house, and uh, they helped me. Uh, they paid for my nonprofit to get started. Wow. And, um, it was just kind of like this helping, helping hand type thing. And it rained for like four of those five weeks. So it was good that I had a place to stay. And uh, they became really good friends of mine. So they, they started this nonprofit with me called the One Pedal at a Time Movement. And um, yeah, it's been kind of just growing since then, since 2019 while I was on the road. Um, and then when the pandemic started, I went back to Alabama for three months um, because 
I was in Texas when the pandemic started, and it was, I was in the desert, and it was really, really hard to get supplies, and it just didn't seem right to keep going for a little while. So I took three months mm -hmm. off. I ended up in Alabama, uh, worked on my nonprofit, uh, fine-tuned it a little bit better, and uh, yeah, going back to it, the first time I'm there, I'm getting ready to leave. At this point, I'm getting asked by people in states that I'm getting ready to go to, like Arkansas, about potentially doing speeches. And um, this lady that I met in Florida, uh, Marion, she's a great woman, actually. I still keep in touch with her. But she just was very persistent at first to get me to do a speech. And I kept saying no. I was like, I don't do speeches. Like, I'll talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, maybe a handful, but any more than that like i can't do it i can't and um i feel like you're you're like okay i caved on the bike i caved on the nonprofit. i'm not caving on the speeches <laughs> but i look at that and it's like dude you rode your bike <laughs> around the entire contiguous united states you started a nonprofit. the whole goal of that is like sales you sell your people on the nonprofit, on the cause on the mission on supporting it you have to give speeches so you're screwed man yeah yeah so you're going to florida I, <laughs> well i prayed about it actually and uh um before i left alabama uh david the, the gentleman i was staying with and the family i was with was uh i was like hey man would you be interested in getting baptized while you're here and doing a speech for all the people that you've gotten to know for the five weeks you've been here? You know, they know your story, but, you know, maybe practicing would be really good for you for your future. And I was like, man, I just got asked about doing speeches and I prayed about it. And I was like, if you want me to do speeches, set me up with a speech. And that was the night before. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I feel like this wow. is supposed to happen. Uh, so that day, yep. or that the night of the baptism that I had, I'm sitting in front of uh, about maybe a dozen, 15 people that I have known at this point for four or five weeks, and they, uh, you know, they they knew most of my story at this point, or at least bits and pieces throughout the whole of all of them, and it was the worst speech, in my opinion, that I've. Still to this day ever done, obviously. Uh, I was sitting there at the, at the front of the fireplace. I wasn't even standing up. I was sitting down, hunched over, ball of sweat in my hands and feet, and just going, um, looking at the ground, just staring, not paying attention to human beings, and just trying to survive. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, you know, you say it's your worst, it was your worst, but I'm, it was your first, therefore it was your best. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. It definitely like you got to start, you know, for sure. You just, you got to start. And so after I left there, I told, I told myself if, if I'm going to do this one, I need practice before I get to Arkansas to do this speech that this lady wanted me to do. And she was like, we're going to get two to 300 people to listen to you. And I was like, I just did a speech oh, wow. of 12, 12 to 15. 
and I was dying. Like, I don't know if I can do that. I, was like, I need, I need practice. So it just happened to work out. Like every town that I was going to at the, after I left uh, Alabama, I would end up in a town at like a rotary club or American mm-hmm. Legion, um, a church, a school. And they'd be like, hey, would you be interested in to do a speech right now? We'll get all the kids in the assembly. Oh. Hey, we're at prayer, Bible study. You should do a speech and talk about your your testimony. And like all these like opportunities to, to talk to like groups just without me even trying just started happening. <laughs> and so before That's amazing. That, can tell, you needed practice? Here, we're going to give you practice. Yeah, so it was crazy. So before I get to Arkansas, Marion's like, hey, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people. This might be 250 to 500 people. So we actually got a bigger oh, wow. room so that we can fit more people. It's going to be amazing. And, I, and now I'm like, now I've only done, my biggest one at this point is like 50 people. And now you're telling me that I'm going to be doing like double what you just told me a couple weeks ago? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I, I get to Ar- Northwest Arkansas. I ended up getting a couple extra speeches through the colleges. Um, it was amazing. Uh, I had a great time. The day comes for this woman's speech. At this point, I've done about 20 speeches now. Like, I've, ha- I've gotten some experience. I'm starting to feel pretty comfortable. Um, and, I, and I just let the, I've learned just to let the spirit happen and whatever is supposed to be said and meant to be heard it's going to come out. And if it's not meant to be said, then it won't happen. That was my mindset at the time. And, I, and this lady's speech happens. I get there. Eight people were there. Eight? <laughs> eight people. <laughs> Why? What happened? Uh, nobody decided to come. It was just one of those weird things. She was so heartbroken. I said, the people that are here were meant to be. And, you know, it just... Correct. It, Everything happened. Like, I got the experience that I needed, uh, even though that, like, it didn't work out for that. Like, everything happened for a reason to get to that point. And right. As much as I was grateful not to have to talk to 500 people at that moment, um, you know, it, it was, I was, I think I was almost ready for it. So uh, I ended up for 500. On, yeah, so I ended up later on, my biggest speech is 550 people, and that was on a military base in Texas, in San Antonio. Mm. Um, right before, the, literally, the week before the pandemic started. Oh, wow. Uh, do you remember the when the pandemic started, the first people on the cruise ship, they oh, yeah. flew them to Texas to, to the base and put them in isolation um, from the rest of the country. Right. I was on that base. <laughs> you were on that base. That's yeah. I was the heart, I was at ground, the epicenter of the zero. pandemic. You were at ground zero. That's amazing. Oh, it was interesting. And then a week later, literally, every toilet paper didn't exist, and, and nothing. Yeah, happened. right. Um, uh, we all remember, like it was like March twentieth. Yeah, March twenty second. I stopped my journey. Wow, that's crazy. Um, well, t- tell me um, your, uh, I mean, you just, you rode a mobile 
billboard and it's all suicide prevention and I'm sure all of that is tied back to this nonprofit that you now own in Mobile, Alabama. Um, what was your mission on Ragbri? How'd you end up on Ragbri and, and what was your objective in going? Uh, so even that is crazy. Uh, do we still have a lot of time? Do we have time to share this story? Do I have time? For you know, this? the beauty of this whole podcast thing is like, there's no format. <laughs> there's no format. All right. I just want to make sure. Uh, so man, this, uh, I guess, like I said just a minute ago, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And there's been so many things that have happened that sometimes don't even make any sense until the end or even after that. You're just like, I don't know how to explain this other than it was supposed to happen. Right. <laughs> and um, I feel like so you be- living was the kind of the beginning of it was supposed to happen that way. Oh, for sure. Like somebody uh, so was I supposed think, to find you in your car and get you out and yeah, well, save your life. Just that. So something that I didn't get to is on my journey, um, I got rear-ended by a car at 70 miles an hour. Uh, oh, my. I got, hit, I got hit five times on the journey, four of them affecting the bicycle, uh, the fifth one affecting me and the bicycle and my camper. Um did you see that I had a camper at one point? I thought that was super cool. Yes. <laughs> so, Did you like, it looked, it didn't look very long. Could you sleep in it? Oh, I slept in that thing. Yeah, it was, so it, okay. was, six foot, it was six foot six inches total length uh, with the inside having oh. a, a space of six foot two, I think it was. Okay. Um, and I'm five nine, five ten on a good day. And so I had plenty of room. Um, I had storage in there. I had ventilation. Um, I had tinted windows. I could sleep in that in the hottest part of the day. I built that because of the pandemic while I was in Colorado. Um, Oh. So I went over the continental, uh, the divide pretty much on nine of the road passes to get across into Idaho uh, in Utah. So I, uh, that bicycle was 14 feet long, about three and a half feet wide, and about four, four and a half feet tall, and uh, decorated with suicide awareness information, um, and it, the whole purpose behind that was because of the pandemic, people weren't taking my business cards or... Oh, sure. You, uh, you wouldn't have personal... Uh, person-to-person contact so you had to have a billboard i had to have something because i felt like like so many of us especially when the pandemic started i I didn't know what to do myself like i was like i just went from doing speeches every week and passing out business cards and and talking face-to-face with people and having people invite me to stay with them to i can't even find a place to stay tonight nobody's talking to me Nobody wants to shake my hand. No, you know, it was just like right. so much change. I just felt so hopeless. I was like, I feel like right now more people need this information and I can't get it out there. And right. I'm really thankful that a guy in Fort Collins, Brian, was like, hey man, would you mind staying a few extra days and help me build a camper? 
and he built this camper and I was like dude I think this is awesome I want to build one before I leave do you mind if I stay a little longer and uh, I got the money that I needed to build it and I built it and ultimately that's the reason why I survived my accident but so anyways I, I built this thing I I uh, it did what I wanted it gave me a place to stay every night and it it gave me the ability to, to share my information. So what I would do, especially like when I went to Tetons and, and other like public spaces that I was just needed to chill, I would climb in my camper, close my door, have my like my tinted window. They couldn't see in, but I could see out. And people would come up and look at my billboard and they'd be like, oh, I wish the guy was here to talk to him. And I'd be like, hey, I'm right here. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so, uh, pop. Yeah. hey I'm here that's so, awesome uh, so how many people did you scare a few but not yeah. too many that's funny <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, you know that was my that was the way I kind of combated the antisocial portion of things and it it made me a stronger rider as well, but it also saved my life because when I got to Arizona, I got rear-ended at about 70 miles an hour. Um, and the only reason I'm alive today is that, that buffer that I had, that camper. She, uh, the driver went through my camper. Um, I got thrown 50 feet off the road and like 100 feet down the road oh. and um, woke up in a helicopter. Thankfully, I don't remember any of the accident, and I don't remember 45 minutes before the accident. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't remember how, at least an hour after the accident when I woke up. Uh, but it was pretty intense. It was, um, it was really interesting. Uh, I went from riding my bike every day to being in a hospital for two weeks. What all happened, and, can I ask? Yeah, so I, I got a traumatic brain injury. So that was a big one. Thankfully, my helmet, uh, burn helmets, saved my life, and they're amazing. I, I got to the point where I called them, and I was like, your helmet saved my life. I want another one. And they're like, yeah, we got you. <laughs> nice. And, and they're, and they're uh, I'm from, Mass, uh, I, I, I claim Massachusetts as home, uh, and they're from there. So, you know, uh, love supporting awesome. them. But, uh, yeah, so... I got a traumatic brain injury, a lot of road rash. I ripped all the skin off my knees and some of my like leg area. Uh, I have road rash on the bones and kneecaps. Oh. Uh, I broke my tailbone. Um, actually, the tailbone was the only thing I actually broke. Huh, wow. But I had to have uh, skin grafts done on my knees mainly my left knee but they did a live graft so i could bend my leg again dang um, so they took skin from my upper leg and they just like twisted it to cover my knee and then stretched all the skin back to it it was pretty got intense. it um but then i spent uh, about seven months at a buddy that i met along the way he invited me to come stay with him in texas and i stayed with him to, to recoup before i got back on a new bicycle and finished the last, uh, I say four and a half states, because uh, I went back to Arizona because I didn't finish it. So oh. I don't. I started it obviously, and then got hit. And right. I just, 
I was like, I gotta, I gotta go back, just to say I, I rode through it. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, fair. Uh, but I didn't go back. Uh, for everybody to know, I did not go back, even to the area of where my accident happened. Oh really? No, I, I refused to go to that area, but I did a different part of Arizona. Yeah, uh, and it's cool because cool if, if people want, they can see my map of where I, like each day where I stopped. Uh, on my website, uh, of Riley Day in USA. I'll put a link in our show notes. That and does your nonprofit have a uh, its own website? It does, and people can check that out at uh, opaatmovement.com. Um, and if they want to learn uh, the starting skills, they can go to start.opatmovement.com. Um, and if they need help for themselves, or if they know somebody that's in crisis. Uh, we have a, a list of resources that I'm always looking forward to growing. So if somebody knows a, a, a source that is not available on that list that I have there, they can uh, email me and uh, we can get that added, uh, especially for national and, uh, or na international um, ones. But they can go to opatmovement.com forward slash there dash is dash help. Um, for those resources and then uh, forward slash there forward slash is forward slash uh, help there dash is dash help perfect yeah all right i'll put links to all that on uh show notes so people can just scroll up and click for sure in uh in um, their app so yeah that you know all those things kind of happened in after I finished the journey, I went to Alabama for the third time, and I spent uh, like seven months there. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I finished my journey in October, and I left there uh, in March. So however, six, six of months. Of 2022, like just this past March? Yeah, I left March, uh, the, fir the 1st of March um, from Alabama to go to Nashville, Tennessee before I came to Colorado. And this is where Ragbri kind of ties in. Uh, so a guy I know named Jeffrey Steele, amazing songwriter in Nashville. Um, if you guys know the songs, uh, What Hurts the Most from Rascal Flatts, uh -huh. he wrote that. That's his wow. song. Uh, and a lot of other songs that Rascal Flatts has uh, sung um, and others uh, that are in the country music scene, um, Montgomery Gentry, He's written songs for them. Uh, he's just an amazing, talented uh, songwriter and artist. And uh, so Jeffrey Steele, I met him in Nashville on my journey. He, uh, he's been a huge supporter for my nonprofit. Um, but he invited me to come to Nashville. He holds a, a benefit every March for his organization, the Alex Lavasser Fund, um, for his uh, late son. Um, and it... Uh, it, it, it generates a really good time. This year uh, was, I believe, the 14th, maybe the 15th. I don't remember off the top of my head. But it was. They've been doing it for many years now, and I was very honored to be invited to that. And they helped me raise some money for my organization um, through an auction, and it, it was just an amazing experience. And part of that, uh, I presented Jeffrey with a hat with a one pedal at a time movement on the front of the hat. And on the side, it's a Jeffrey Steele and Friends. Um, and the only, there was 
those I had two hats made, custom made, uh, to be fitted for his head and one to be fitted for my head. So we were the only two people with these hats. And he represented it all over the place. He does uh, ben he does a lot of concerts and goes all over the country. And he's been wearing this. This is his favorite hat now. So he wears it That's all awesome. the time. It's it's amazing. Uh, I love it that he loves it. Well, he was in Ohio, all right, and he's doing a show, and somebody takes his hat, and he's kind of freaking out. He's like, I don't know what happened to the hat, so he's at the benefit. He's, he's talking to, these, to the crowd. He's like, hey, I just want to share. If anybody sees my hat, like, this is a very important hat to me, and this is why. Shares how he got it, tells them about me. And the people that are hosting this benefit are like, man, this guy sounds amazing. We got to check him out. And they find me on Instagram and they're like, hey, uh, we know we learned about you because of Jeffrey Steele. Um, have you ever heard of Ragbri? And I said, yeah, I've heard of it. I just haven't ever done it. And um, the next thing they said is, would you be interested in joining our team? Uh, we would love for you to join us. And this is Team Wimpy Cares. Um, and, uh, I was just like, yeah, you know, I just got done riding. Like I haven't had a job in four years. I just got a job. I'm not even sure if they'll let me have time off. I don't have the money to get there. Like, I, I don't know if it'll work. They're like, we want to pay for you to, to be on the team. Just, you just got to show up. If you can figure that out, we got you covered. Wow. <laughs> and, um, this is Team Wimpy? Team Wimpy Cares, yep. Um, team Wimpy Cares. Team, Did they have, like, cartoony shirt? Yeah. Was their jersey, yeah. like, a cartoon? All right. We uh, ran into a yeah. couple of those guys at uh, Casey's one morning. Yeah, the Popeye. It looks like the old Popeye guy. Yep. The, bur the Popeye burger guy. So, That's awesome, yep. Uh, so I got invited by that, uh, a couple people on that team, and... Um, it was crazy. So as soon as we got it all squared away for me to come to Ragbri, his hat reappeared. No way. Like literally the day after, like, hey, you're all set. You're going to Ragbri. Uh, we'll figure out in a couple months uh, when it gets close to the date, like coordinate or uh, like coordinate where you get to meet for the bus and everything. And literally the next day, they're like. Hey, you wouldn't be—you'd be surprised what we figured out or what we found today. <laughs> so the whole thing—that's crazy. Is, they go to a party. Uh, they're like, "Man, we've been looking for this hat. We don't know who would have it." The, the person is talking to this other person, which never even thought that this person would have taken it. And they're like, "We just don't know who would have taken it." And he goes, "I took it, and I've been meaning to give it back." No way. Yeah. He like, he's like fessed up? Immediately. He's like, I, I took it. I wanted to give it back that night, but there was no way for me to give it back without like being noticed at that point. And this whole time I've been waiting to, to give it back. And it was the day after everything kind of worked out. So like, I feel like that happened. That hat was taken for this interaction to happen. Once that interaction happened, it was everything kind of uh, worked back out. This guy, uh, you know, 
did the right thing and he, <laughs> and gave the hat back. That's amazing. And you end up on Ragbri, telling him an amazing story. And now yeah. you're on Bike Talk with Dave. Exactly. And so international like... stardom now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Heck yeah. You know, I feel like Dude, that's awesome. That's a that's a gorgeous story. Will you come back on Ragbri? Oh, for sure. I'm already the 50th anniversary. I'd be stupid not to come. Oh, it is 50th. Yeah, you got to be there for sure. Uh, yep, I'm already yep, trying yep. to get. I'm trying to get people to join me. <laughs> awesome. I don't think you'll have a problem. No. Yeah. Just I, keep talking. Well, people think I'm crazy, uh, so they they already think it's. Who thinks that. you're crazy? Most of the people that don't ride bicycles like me, like people that do. You got to get, and I'm not telling you what to do, but. How fun would it be? You know those thirty-five people that you that lived in thirty-five different states. Yeah. Get them all on the bike. We got to convince them. Yeah, Dude, we got to get them on a bike and on Ragbri with you. And all they have to do is ride across one state, not forty-eight. So ride with Dan USA dot org. Com. Dot com. Com. Okay. Ridewithdanusa.com. And then uh, tell me your um, OP, your yeah, nonprofit, your one pedal. Of... Yeah. It's, uh, What's so that? It's the uh, the first letter of one pedal at a time. O-P-A-A-T. One pedal at a uh, time. time. Two A's? Yep. And it's... Okay. Great. I, 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 I pronounce it as OPAT. Um, That's fair. So, yeah, OPAT movement. Awesome. And then um, that's also .com. And, yeah, it's the goal for Ragbri once I got out there um, was to just make myself known, uh, bring smiles to people. My goal in life is to make people smile uh, as I shared a lot uh, and tried to do with my surfing and my tricks and passing out bracelets and just, you know, dancing while I was riding, whatever I could do to make most people smile. There were some people that were uh, not smiling, but um, <laughs> once they, once they realized what I was doing, they were, they were okay with it. But there were times where they were not okay with what I was doing, even though, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't feel like I was experienced. Also, well, I feel like in 400 surfings through Iowa, I never crashed. Oh, nice. That's a good stat. Yeah, not one crash in Iowa. So I'm doing pretty good. And I'll awesome. only crashed, I've only crashed three times in all the times I've ever done it. And you wear a burn helmet. So I wear a burn helmet. So you're I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. I love it. But yeah, so All right, dude. Well, I um I am stoked that uh you're coming back and I I'm going to bet that you'll you'll be a regular part of uh that little adventure across the state from now on. <laughs> I hope so. Uh I I plan on it, especially more surfing. Uh who knows next year maybe I'll come up with a better trick. Um there's, uh, there's some things that I'm working on that just weren't ready. Yet. Oh, you yeah. just bought the wheelie bike, didn't you? 
Yeah, so I don't think I'll wheel you across Iowa. That'd be interesting. Uh, you yeah. could have that in town and do tricks in town. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get some people to join me next year. And, and if anybody sees me, look for the smiley face guy or the surfing guy uh, and ask for a selfie. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm going to slow down next time uh, I'm riding with you. I'm not going to surf with you, though. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you that. Oh, I, it's, it's not for everybody. I understand. I think, I, I think I was told that I was the only person in 49 years to ever do that. I don't think I've ever seen another human do that, except for maybe like in the Olympics, the they used to have this weird bicycle rhythm dance thing. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I don't think I've seen anyone surf like that. It's pretty uh, rare. So It is rare, for sure, for sure. Well, okay. dude, I, I hope you are continue to be successful in your quest to intervene in people's hopelessness, maybe. Would that be yeah. a fair... The moments of hopelessness, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because um, tomorrow the sun comes up, and there's something new tomorrow. And uh, I feel like you do a good job of helping people smile and realize that there's going to be a reason to smile tomorrow and the next day. But for today, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And they'll make it to tomorrow. One step, one breath, one moment, whatever it is to get through the day. Um, yep. I love that's, that. That's all. And, and one smile at a time. If you, if you are <laughs> encouraging smiling, it helps you as well. Um, so go make a stranger smile. And if, if you make one stranger smile, keep practicing and go make more strangers smile. Beautiful. All right, let's all. I really appreciate you. Yeah, dude, I appreciate you, and I appreciate uh, making people smile. So let's all, all 18 people that listen to this podcast, there's more than that. There's at least 19. (laughs) (laughs) If we all all make people smile, there's going to be 19 plus 19. What's that? 38? 38 people smiling. There'll be more than that. Multiplying. Exponentially. And we'll, we'll make the world change one person at a time. I love one it. One pedal at a time. One pedal at a time. O-P-A-A-T dot com. Uh, O-P-A-A-T movement dot com. Oh, dang. All right. O-P-A-A-T movement dot com. I'm trying to throw that in there as much as I can, but I'll put a link in the show notes so that people can just click on it. They don't have to remember that. But Absolutely. We'll get her done. <clears throat> anyway, I appreciate you. I love uh, that we got to spend some time together. I will absolutely look forward to next July and marching across Iowa with you. And, uh, you know, I'll, uh, here's what I'll do when we run into each other. If you're not standing up on your bike, uh, I'll ride no-handed for a little bit with you. Nice. We'll do it. We'll get your, wife, right. to, we'll, we'll get your wife to take a picture of it. She'll, she'll do that. Yes, she will do that. She will not ride no-handed. And um, we'll get her to slow down a little bit. <clears throat> but yes. Anyway, love you, Dan. Ride with Dan, USA.com. I'm not going to try that. There's a link in the show notes. 
Anyway, peace, brother. Keep smiling and keep spreading the love. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Bike Talk with Dave, and I hope you enjoyed meeting my new friend, Dan. I hope you check out the tales from his 48-state journey at www.ridewithdanusa.com. And again, his organization for helping those who don't think tomorrow will be any better is called One Pedal at a Time Movement, and it can be found at opaatmovement.com. Obviously, I'll put a link in the show notes, and I really hope you click on it. Speaking of the interwebs, I want to thank BikeIowa.com for being the online host of Bike Talk with Dave. BikeIowa.com is an awesome online community where you can find access to hundreds of trails, events, and stories about biking in the great state of Iowa and the Midwest. In fact, later this August, the Single Speed World Championships will be held in Decorah, a northeast Iowa town with sweet mountain biking trails, breweries, trout fishing, and great camping. And you can find all the details on bikeiowa.com. And don't forget your free 90-day trail on Adventure Plus streaming service. That's adventureplus.com. Just click the link in the show notes for great movies. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can rate and review. And if you'd like to support the show financially and help improve the show, I promise, look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com and I'll send you a sticker. I'll put a link in the show notes. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media. Give us a follow on Instagram at Summit Media Films or follow me at dmabel122. Thanks for listening and I hope you have an awesome week.